So I dropped my crutches, I put my hands on the rope, and I started pulling. Don't read the book by its cover. Open it up, see what's inside, and give it a shot. Absurdity started to kick in because every kid dreams they want to play professional baseball. And I just didn't realize that I had braces and crutches. But the knuckleball was my ticket to at least get a tryout. And the rest is history. Today on the show, I'm happy to have Dave Clark and Doug Cornfield. Dave is a professional baseball player, the only one that ever played on crutches. And together, Doug and Dave are co-founders of Disability Dream and Do. So Dave, you want to share the, uh, the rope climbing story I've heard so much about? I had polio when I was 10 months old and I was put in a re what they called at the time a reconstruction home for a year. I came out using small leg braces, hip to toe and tiny crutches, able to walk that way. Was treated no differently by my family and the neighborhood kids. If I needed my butt kicked, I got my butt kicked. It, it just didn't treat me any different. But when I got to grade school, that was the first time I was ever made to feel different. Uh, bullying existed back then. It's done a little bit differently today than it was then. Uh, but bullying was still there and I was bullied. I was made to, I was made to uh, realize that I didn't do things the conventional way. So. The teachers looked at me a little bit differently too. They uh, wouldn't let me participate in phys ed. So kindergarten, first, second grade, they had a chair set on the side of the gym or on the field, wherever we were doing phys ed. And I would be told to go over and sit in the chair and, and watch. So I did that. Back in my day, you did what you were told. Maybe not so much today with kids, but today, back then, you did what you were told. And so I was conditioned to sit in that chair and third grade came along and we had a new gym teacher. His name was Mr. Snetchler. He was a military man, big gruff crew cut type guy. And the first day in his class, he told us what we were going to do. And he clapped his hands and said, let's go. I automatically went to the sideline, but there was no chair. And I took a couple steps before I heard this big booming voice go, where do you think you're going? And I turned around and it was Mr. Snetchler and I was shaking like a leaf. I said, I'm going, oh, and he, he did one of these to me. And I walked over, I looked at him and he said something to me that I never forgot. He said, Dave, there's going to be things in this class that you may not be able to do, but you will never know what those are until you try them and you are going to try everything we do in this class. The activity that day was climbing the rope to the ceiling. And this kind of accents the, the fact that you can doubt yourself because I doubted there's no way I was going to get up that rope, but my turn came and I had to do it because Mr. Snetchler said so. So I dropped my crutches. I put my hands on the rope and I started pulling. And what I hadn't realized was that walking on the crutches has built my upper body strength. And I was actually elevating myself off the floor, pulling one little fist at a time. And I started going, I was going up and I'm amazing even myself because I, there was no way I thought I was going to make, get up that rope. 
I got about three quarters of the way up and I was gassed, but that was farther than anybody else had done in the class. So I thought to myself, okay, you did a good job, but that's it. And then something else kicked in while I took that little break. No, man, you're three quarters of the way up. Let's go. Another point to be made. There's more gas in the tank than you ever think there is. I thought I was out of gas. Now, there was still some in there because I made it to the top. And when I touched that bar, that beam up at the top, I realized I had done something that even I didn't think I could do. And Mr. Snatcher was exactly right when he said, you'll never know what you can do until you try it. However, at that point, I also realized I had a problem. I couldn't make that little S with my feet to slow my descent coming down. I hung on for dear life. I came flying down a rope and I burned the heck out of my hands on that rope. But when I got down to the bottom, that was the best burn feel I'd ever had because the kids' jaws were down. I was the only kid in the class that made it to the top. Mr. Snetchler gave me an ice cream bar for doing that, my first professional payout. And he made his point. He made his point right then and there. The next thing we did in his class was baseball. And the rest is history. It's amazing when you have somebody who doesn't, who treats you equivalent to everybody else, right? And says, you can do this. And how that, what impact that was able to have just from one teacher saying, hey, no, you can do this. Yeah, absolutely. And it, the point he made is something I always try to get across to everyone today. Don't read the book by its cover. Open it up. See what's inside and give it a shot. Definitely. So I think that brings us to the desperation pitch. As I said, Mr. Snutchler's next activity was baseball, and I found I had really good hand-eye coordination, and there were things I couldn't do. I was never going to be able to run fast. So I can remember at eight years old analyzing the positions in every sport because I played all of them. As a kid, we played sandlot football, baseball, street hockey, basketball. And I analyzed every sport to see where my strengths fit in. So in baseball, I was thinking, can't be an outfielder, can't be a middle infielder, can't be a catcher, first base and pitch. So I started playing first base and pitch. As I got older, Absurdity started to kick in because every kid dreams they want to play professional baseball. And I just didn't realize that I had braces and crutches. I, I wanted to play professional baseball. But as I got older, I began to see the picture more clearly. And at some point, all of us go, I think I better choose another profession. I didn't. I started thinking, what can I do to get there? I wasn't throwing 90 miles an hour. I topped out at 79. At the pro level, they can catch that with a Kleenex. So I had to do something different, and I started thinking, what can I do? I'm desperate. I want to chase my dream, but I got to have something to chase it with. So I started thinking, let's try a knuckleball. And I started experimenting with different grips, different release points, different arm angles. 
took me about a year and a half to two years to finally figure out what worked for me. And there's a funny story. I don't know if we have time to tell it, but a funny story on when I realized I had my knuckleball. But the knuckleball was my ticket to at least get a tryout, which I did. And again, the rest is history. My dad was a pretty good athlete, and he would catch me when I was 15, 16, starting to, to really develop my pitching skills. He would catch me. Had no trouble with my fastball, my curveball, my changeup, and I was throwing the knuckleball, and he'd have no trouble with that either. And then one day we were throwing that knuckleball, and I, I threw it, and it, it was moving all over the place. And, it, and Dad never wore a chest protector or knee, knee guards, shin guards. Wore a mask, but he never wore a shit. And it hit him right in the kneecap. And it was floating around a knuckleball. For those people that are listening, don't really know what it is. It's a pitch that comes in much slower than your average fastball, but it dances around like a knuck, like a butterfly. And you really don't know where it's going, even as the pitcher. You try to throw it to a region instead of a spot. And so I threw this knuckleball and it was moving all over and dad just trying to gauge it with his glove and it missed, he missed it and they hit him right in the kneecap. He's down and he's, he's hurt and he's bent over and I go down and console him, get him back up. And a couple minutes later, he's ready to go again. So I go out and I throw the next pitch and he missed that one as well. And dad never wore a cup. He never wore a cup when he caught me. He's like, no, what happened next? That pitch eluded him and hit him. And I'm out on the mound. I realize my knuckleball is now pretty lethal. It's moving. And I'm on the mound. Dad gets hit in the groin. He doubles over at the plate and he's in pain. I'm on the mound. Dad, I got it. I got it. I think I got it. And I run down halfway to the plate and I realize, oh, Jesus, Dad's hurt. He's in pain. So I go from ecstasy to, Dad, you okay? You all right? And I get him up. And it took a while, probably 10 minutes, to get him breathing again and get him back to where he could get up. And he looked at me and he goes, it's the last time I'm ever catching you. I was thinking he's coming out with full gear next time. like Gladiator gear. So what caused you guys to start D3Day and what are you doing with it? Doug, you going to take that or... I didn't hear the question. My, it was either my internet or his internet. What was the question? What actually caused the creation of D3Day and you getting oh, okay, together? I'll, I'll take that and then Doug can flash forward. I got one tryout that was with Pittsburgh and it was a successful tryout and it started, it launched me into a 10 year minor league pitching career. And I realized at that point how fortunate I was to get where I was at. And I always had an empathy for those that had limitations, physical or mental. And so whatever team I was playing with, if we would go into a town and play a series of games and I would find a group home or organization that dealt with individuals that had physical, mental limitations. And I'd say, I'd just walk in cold and say, Hey, you want some tickets for tonight's game? And of course they always say, yeah, we'll take tickets. And uh, then I'd take it a step further. I'd say, do you have anybody that would like to come out 
three, four hours before game time. We'll get them down on the field. I'll get a few of my teammates and we'll come out and do an impromptu camp for you. And it all started that way. That was the seed that was planted. That was way back in the seventies. And then when I retired, I started doing more of an organized camp. First one I ever did was at a VA center for veterans in Bath, New York. And that was a huge hit. And then we, again, switched over to doing it for kids with physical mental limitations. And we had a format down and then I started doing them in conjunction with pro teams where we would do it at that stadium and all the pro players would come out and get involved with the kids and they would do the camp. We'd have a luncheon for them after the camp ended. And then the next day we'd bring them back for the pro game and the kids would get down on the field. They'd be uh, announced by the PA guy that they had done a camp the day before with players. And, and then they would form a little tunnel from the dugout where the starting lineup that day would run through them and give them high fives and all that. And then Doug jumped on board and we never, 07, 08, 09, somewhere in there and amplified it a little bit. And now we do them all over the country. So if any of our yep. listeners wanted to reach out to have you guys do like a speaking event or, or learn more about this, how could they do? So there's, there's a couple different ways. Uh, we actually started a group, a business group called the Pulling Each Other Along Collective. And if you put the, that link, there's a couple of things in there. We have a speaking link for Dave. It's P-E-O-A-C for Pulling Each Other Along Collective, P-E-O-A Collective.com. There is a, right now, a fairly new speaking event because we're booking for 2024 right now for both disability dream and do and speaking events. And Dave's amazing. We just did a speaking event in San Jose, California. We signed books for at least five hours afterwards. And three of those hours were non so much. So I had to ask the line to stop and pause. So Dave could eat a sandwich that had been sitting beside him for about an hour and a half. And so he could take some bites of his sandwich. So the impact that he has when he shares his stories to these crowds really does resonate because they're so impactful. So it's definitely worth any dime. Plus the speaking events help support us, which helps us do more sports events for kids with limitations during the year. Uh, we take a lot of that money to continue to do the administrative work for the camps. But pu the Pulling Each Other Along Collective is also a means for us to gather business people that have a heartfelt desire to be a part of something bigger than just their business. And in the Pulling Each Other Along Collective, we didn't tell the origin story of that, but we started with the rope climb story, but that's a pulling each other along story as well. Coach Netzler pulled Dave along with a kind act. We have a pulling each other along award, literally with tears in Dave's eyes. Not too long ago, he was able to give Colonel, we found out Colonel Snetzler, he was a Colonel in the army, one of our pulling each other along awards. And with that, we're bringing businesses together to help each other. But at the same time, they're supporting the great work that Dave and I, and also Dave Stevens, another Dave, which you should have on your show, amazing person, seven-time Emmy award winner, born with no legs, three-sport athlete, actually is highlighted right now. Movie star. Yeah, movie star. A, a movie star right now somewhat on Netflix uh, with Mike Veck. We have connections with Mike Veck as well, baseball, legendary family. Uh, there's a movie on Netflix called Saints. Of second Saints chances. of Second Chances. Saints of Second Chances. And the Mike Vecchio and Dave Chances. Clark 
were really one of the connectors to do one of our first disability dream and do sports camps in Fort Myers, Florida. And so there's a lot of connections in baseball like that. And, but the collective is to help us help the people that are helping us. And so we're pulling each other along, not just, Hey, here's a donation. Thank you very much. We slapped your logo on a, on a sign and a t-shirt. We actually are proactively helping them with their business connections, uh, online speaking events, all sorts of things like that, that we offer for people to join us with the pulling each other on collective. So it's definitely something I want to encourage people to reach out to us, P-O-A-C or P-O-A collective.com. Thank you, Doug and Dave, for coming on the show. Make sure to check these guys out at poacollective.com and d3day.com. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki with Failing to Success. Make sure to like and subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. We'll see you next time.